This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, folks, we made it. Uh, after four months or so, four and a half months or so, since anything Cleveland Browns football related, obviously we had some free agency coaching, uh, front office search, uh, NFL draft here. Uh, we couldn't get this started here tonight without getting this guest in here one more time uh, from Browns Wire, Lions Wire, Real GM, uh, one of the hardest working guys there is out there. Uh, my One of my favorites, Big Jeff Risden. First things first, Jeff, before we get this going. How are you, Julie, the kids? How's everybody holding up, buddy? We are getting a little bit of cabin fever. Um, as you know, I live in I live in West Michigan. We've had just terrible weather here, so it's been hard to get outside. And everything in Michigan is closed, so we're uh, we're fighting it, man. But we're we're getting through. It's all for the good. It'll be it'll be over soon. Um, and like I keep telling everybody and anybody who wants to complain, what's the alternative? There isn't one. There is the alternative is not good by any means whatsoever. We're just going to jump right into this here, Jeff. You think this Trent Williams thing is going to get done here sometime today, possibly tomorrow. Who knows? Take us through this here. What do you think the actual compensation, what do you think it's going to take for these two to get it done? And I'll sit over here and you know shed some tears while you're explaining it all. <laughs> okay, well, I, I don't have a great feel for the compensation, but I do think that the, the parameters of the trade have already been worked out. Uh, I could be wrong. Uh, I, I don't know this. But I believe it. I, I've heard it enough from people on both sides of the coin that uh, that Washington is finally ready to get rid of Trent Williams after you know over a year of of the Browns trying to get him and other teams trying to get him. It seems like they're they're ready to move. So the Browns are going to get a, a, a starting left tackle in 2020 in Trent Williams. I think it will only be a one year deal. Uh, his his contract is is such that it works out well that way. Compensation. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the second, third round pick probably gets it done. They might ask for the first, third round pick or a, a combination of such. Remember, Washington does not have a second round pick, so they're probably going to gun for that. I don't think that Andrew Barry will will give that up for it, but we don't know. I mean, this is a new regime at both ends of the equation. Remember, Washington cleaned house too. What, what do they value these things that we're all sort of <clears throat> guessing at that. Um, but my guess would be one of the Browns third rounders and maybe, maybe a, a conditional pick next year, depending on how much uh, Williams actually plays and does. Um, it, it is, it's interesting. It, it's interesting. And I can understand the move from a front office point. I mean, uh, granted it does kind of go against the MO of what they've done here. The players they've signed, the age, the players they've been interested here. Obviously Williams becomes a little bit of an outlayer there like Adrian Claiborne. I, I, I get the go out and get the veteran. It's still, you know, for me, I don't know. Um, you know, for Washington, and this is the key here with the compensation. Washington has nowhere to go here. This man is not going to play a down of football for them. He doesn't care if there's a new head coach. Doesn't care if there's a new regime. He's not going to play football for that franchise. So, you know, you know, ninety-seven. I guess I could live with. Um, if you told me if it was one fifteen and something next year, based on playing time incentives. Yada, yada, yada. Maybe I'd even feel a little bit more comfortable with it. Um, for me, I just I don't see the math of it because it kind of just goes against the grain of what this draft has as far as what the Browns need are, needs are. 
All right, Jeff, then if this you feel this is going to go down, I'm assuming the scenario at 10 is the Browns will not be making a selection at 10. Yes, and I am more confident in that than I am that I think that we all Trent are. <laughs> will, will get traded. I, uh, I I put it out in, in every <laughs> mock draft and scenario that I could put this week that the Browns, it, if, if you're making a pick at number 10 and you're not doing trades, just, just pick the player that you think the team that they're going to trade with is going to select because I, I really don't think the Browns <laughs> are going to stick at 10. And there's a number of different scenarios that are floating out there. We, we've all heard the rumors that, you know, Philadelphia at 21, Atlanta at 16, uh, Miami at 18 and 26, um, the, the Broncos at 15, which seems to be the most likely to me. Uh, there's talk that Tampa Bay will move up from 14 to 10. Uh, there's, you know, who knows what which one it's going to be, but I do expect them to trade. And this is why I think the Trent Williams trade would make more sense because it gives them a chance to fall back a few spots, pick up an extra day two pick, or even an extra first-round pick at some point, and take a, a left-tackle prospect that isn't ready to play right away. And that would be Josh Jones or Ezra Cleveland. And I think, I think there's a lot of reported and valid reported interest by the Browns in both of those guys. And just the eyeball test, neither one of those guys needs to be on the field in 2020. They are not ready. They are not better than Greg Robinson right now. Uh, and if you're if you're making a move to get a left tackle, you need a guy who's better than Greg Robinson was last year and, and the year before. So buying Trent Williams buys them time to get a guy like that, and it it makes sense to me. Um, and I, I bounced it off uh, a couple of other people that that are in the Browns sphere, and they're like, yeah, that, that makes sense to us too. So um, will it happen? I I don't know, but I, that's that's my scenario for what I think is going to play out tonight. Well, obviously, the Brown scouts were in love with Josh Jones, spent all of, you know, the 2019 college football season about, you know, they hit Houston football and they hit it hard. Um, obviously, this front office has taken a shining to Ezra Cleveland, basically meeting with him every possible step along the way here. Do you see a scenario where there's a tackle available at 10 and the Browns just say, you know what, the hell with this? Obviously, you know, Andrew Thomas, somebody they've been really, really heavily connected to. The, the more and more we get into this, it's looking more and more likely that he will not be there at 10. If Andrew Thomas is there at 10, could that change things? Uh, I would hope it changes things. Again, we're dealing with a lot of unknowns <laughs> here. But, uh, yes, I would hope that if they, they – everything points to that Andrew Thomas is their top tackle. If he's there at 10, I would have a hard time buying that they would bypass it. It would have to take a really, really good trade offer to make that happen. I think the only other tackle that they have that level of interest in is Tristan Wirfs. Just because he and his, you know he, he fits scheme wise so well, even though he did play right tackle in college. I, I, I think if if it's Wills or Beckton that are there at ten, still I, I think they won't have a problem passing. And I think that's where a trade to a team like Tampa Bay that desperately needs a a left tackle. And I don't think they care uh, because they just need a warm body at that position. That's uh, that's where that, that sort of thing comes in because I, I don't think that the Browns are that high on Wills, and I'm very sure that they're not that high on Becton, which probably means that Becton will be their choice, of course, because that's, that's the way things go. Uh, yeah, and look, and, and guys, you can cut us a little slack here. It is a new regime here, so, you know, we got to learn on the fly here. With Yeah, yeah so it's, it's, a, it's, it's a strange deal because normally – a lot of us in the media, we get our information at pro days where we're going out and we're hanging out with the scouts and, and 
you know, talking to the college coaches and talking to the agents and talking to the players themselves, all that got wiped out this year. So our number one ability to pick up information was eliminated. And our number two possibility for that is, is you know, being in front of people at the, 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 the press conferences, you know, the, the Andrew Berry press conference, the Kevin Stefanski press conference, uh, stuff like that. You, you want, you wind up running into other people in the building that got eliminated. So, uh, Everybody is much more in the dark this year than ever before. So if they're wildly off on their mock drafts, and that includes me, it includes anybody that you can think of, cut them a little slack because it's a very strange year. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And then you hear a name like uh, Darrell Taylor today. You see floating in some mock drafts, and here was a guy, you know, everybody said, oh, you know, you're probably getting nice value here with an edge rusher of, of this caliber in, you know, the third round or so here. We're going to get some more with Jeff Risden, start picking his brain on some of Jeff's favorites. Um, we continue to roll on through here. Your last pre-2020 NFL draft show. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner. While you're eating uh, lunch, I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. Right now, what makes Postmates such a vital app? Not only will they pick up your food from a restaurant, they'll hit Walgreens for you. They will do things of this nature. So if you go ahead right now, download the the Postmates app, whether it's on iOS or on Android, you will get a free uh, $100 off of free delivery for your first seven days using the promo code locked on NFL, all caps, L O C K E D O N N F L no space. Again, that promo code locked on NFL use Postmates eliminate the amount of times you've got to leave your house. All you got to do is go to the front doorstep after they leave, pick it up, bring it in the house, download the Postmates app, use promo code locked on NFL, all caps, no space, $100 off deliver free deliveries in your first seven days of using the app. Jeff, as this trade scenario that you think is going to go down, it's obviously going to alter things here. Where do you have the the biggest needs? What positional needs here become the most important? Obviously, if you get Trent Williams in the fold, it does take left tackle down a notch. You still looking at draft to left tackle? Where does it rank? And then where would the other positional groups rank as far as biggest needs here in this draft? Yeah, if I take Trent Williams, I am still drafting a left tackle, but I, the the imperative isn't there to get it done early. You can take a more developmental guy, um, which would be like an Ezra Cleveland or uh, um, an Austin Jackson later in the first round, a guy who's got a, a lot of upside and a lot of tools, but it ain't all it ain't put together yet. Uh, a guy like Matt Peart from uh, UConn makes some sense there. He he's got fantastic footwork. He just got to get a little bit stronger. Same with Cleveland, so that 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 is still definitely on the table. I am looking for middle of the field defense is, is the priority and it can come in any order, but they got to get a safety who can start in 2021. And, and if they can start in 2020, that's better. But you know, Sendejo and, and Joseph, they're, they're an okay tandem, but they're one year deals. Uh, don't expect either of those guys to be back in 2021 uh, unless they really prove it. So you got to get somebody in there who's better than Sheldrick Redwine as your third safety. That shouldn't be too hard to find. Uh, nothing against red wine, but I, I'm just not a fan. Uh, they, you got to get another linebacker to fit into the mix with Mac Wilson and, and Sione Taki Taki. BJ Goodson ain't it. He, he's a package player. He is a Darius Taylor from last year. It, it, it's the way that, that you should be viewing him as a Browns fan. He, he's, he's played his way out of the rotation for two different teams. There's a reason why he was so available and so inexpensive. So getting a, a middle of the field guy, and I'll tell you what, if if Isaiah Simmons is there at 10, and Jeff, you know I'm not a big Isaiah Simmons fan, 
but good Lord, he's perfect for the defense. And and uh, he wound up being my pick in the what Jeff Risen would do mock draft for the Browns at 10. Uh, it would be very difficult to overlook what he can do because they, they need somebody who can turn and run with a, a corner with a, with a tight end or a running back out of the backfield. They need somebody who can attack downhill between the tackles uh, besides Taki Taki. They need somebody who can, uh, you know, blitz on occasion, line up as a, a chess piece. Uh, I think he would be very interesting. I doubt that he's there, and I doubt that they have that level of interest in him. You know, getting a guy like Logan Wilson in the second round from Wyoming. Uh, Jordan Brooks, who can't cover but can do everything else that I described there, uh, from Texas Tech in the second or third. Uh, there, there's some guys. I'll give you a guy, uh, Francis Bernard from Utah, uh, a guy that I love in the late rounds, can, can do those sorts of things. You know, you're, you're dealing with limited limitations there, but that's still a definite need. Uh, and then I'd, I'd love to see another space-eating defensive tackle up front. Uh, they, they have a need for some depth up there behind Billings, who's on a one-year deal. You know, Richardson's getting up there, and, and he's at his best moving around. Joby in the last year of his deal. Uh, I, I'm trying to look a little bit more long-term with that, and I, I think uh, getting a, a space-eater in like the third, fourth, fifth round, a, a true nose tackle, I think would be a really good idea that can rotate in with Billings so he's not playing 80% of the snaps and getting tired at the end of games. Uh, I, I want that guy on the team too. Yeah, I, I agree with you on all of those, and especially it's on the middle of the field. I mean, you look at the corners here, you know, look, Greedy, you know, basically going to get, you know, basically a fresh start here after what was a, rook, a tough rookie year. Um, and look, the name of the game, and if you're going to be a successful franchise, you were going to be playing coverage with your defense a ton. Ideally, you want to be in the position where you are up in games and, you know, the team's quarterbacks throwing the ball 40-plus times a game. That's what the recipe is. Um, now, Logan Wilson, obviously, he's a guy just uh, – I've become infatuated through the process here. As much as I hate seeing Joe Schobert move on with the leadership and everything he did, you get a guy who's a little bit better athletically. Uh, you get four years of solid tape. You get the fact that he went to Wyoming as a cornerback. Um, so the coverage skills do come a little bit more natural for a guy like him. Um, I, I'm I'm fine with all those selections here. This is one we've gotten, you know, s- some chatter on here. Where is wide receiver in this need? Obviously the, the class is deep and you could probably get somewhere anywhere, maybe even get a decent undrafted free agent here. Um, I, I think people are putting the need higher than maybe it is because you're talking about this two tight end set and the fact that they're going to run with a fullback here what how high is the need for a wide receiver and where would you be willing to address it jeff uh i i would i wouldn't mind one at all on day two i do think that they need somebody specifically i would love to see them get a slot receiver that can work also outside the way that jarvis landry can you know working the slot but also being capable of being outside I like that ability to, to dictate matchups and things like that. So a guy like Brandon Ayuk in the second round, if he's there, makes a lot of sense. A guy like Lynn Bowden from Kentucky in the third or fourth round makes a lot of sense. Cle- Northeast Ohio guy, not, not Cleveland, a Youngstown guy. But uh, yep. th- th- those types of players, I think you are dealing with Landry and OBJ both coming off surgeries. Like we, we assume that it will be good, but you can't take it as a given. Uh, the third wide receiver on this team is, is what, Damian Ratley? Come on. You got to do better than that. So, yes, it is, it is a definite need. But like you said, they run a lot of two tight end sets. They're going to run a lot of two running back sets. The third wide receiver on this team is probably the sixth or seventh in the pecking order in terms of, of targets, which is a lot lower than most NFL teams. So they can get by as long as, as the starters are healthy with, with what they've got. But I would, I would love to see them make an upgrade 
and a little bit of a long-term investment um, in, in a guy that, that can be a little bit offers you a little bit more than what Ratley does or any of the other guys that they got in the slot or or off the bench. I can't even think of them right now. <laughs> I think Blake Jackson's out. Now, he might Kadero not. Daryl Hodge, who was a special teamer, and I oh yeah 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 Kadero Hodge can, can, yeah Taywan Taylor. Um, you give him a chance, but it, if he makes the team, it's probably not a good sign <laughs> because uh, he just dude was lost last year. Yeah, I literally had to go back in a month ago, and I was like, holy crap, he's still in the – like, I've never seen a guy survive with a team longer and be essentially so insignificant as Taiwan Taylor has in his time here with the Cleveland Browns. Of course, that was his same tenure with the Tennessee Titans. So with that as well, yeah, we're going to get to a little bit more here <laughs> with Jeff Risden on Locked on Browns. Uh, guys, do me a favor here. Um, if you were not subscribed on iTunes to Locked on Browns, if you were not following on Spotify, go ahead, rectify those things. Right now, we got a lot coming. Uh, gonna be busy tonight. Obviously, we'll be busy tomorrow. Be busy Saturday. Uh, a bunch of stuff in here. I got some fun guests coming in here. We're gonna hit you with kind of like a bevy of shows here this evening. So that's the way we're gonna do that stuff. So make sure you uh, subscribe, following on Spotify, ratings, five star reviews, all that good stuff, guys. Go ahead and hook me up with that. Jeff, normally it's this time where I say, you know what, bang the table for some of your guys. Everybody reads you, Jeff. Everybody follows you on Twitter. We know the Jeff Risden guys to this point. You actually put them out earlier today. How about this one, Jeff? Give me a list of some guys where you say, I'm sorry. I'm just not seeing it. Oh, the, the, the most obvious guy is C.J. Henderson, who will probably be gone before the Browns pick at number 10. He is my number, I believe he's 76 overall. He looks phenomenal running around the football field until you ask him to do anything football related, like tackle or cover or switch a coverage assignment. He doesn't do any of that. Uh, so I, I, I don't get it. Um, I already have a, a little bit of a bias against Florida defenders. Um, a lot of that comes from, from covering the Lions and dealing with Keith Tabor and, and Jared Davis. And, but, I mean, you look at some of it, like Taven Bryan was a first-rounder from there. The Jaguars are going to cut him two years later. Uh, the Florida defenders, for whatever reason, they do not translate to the NFL. And uh, I know it's dangerous to play that game, you know, associating a player with, with a school like that. But there's just so much about him that screams bust to me that, that I got I to gotta back off on him. So, so he's one. Uh, Kenneth Murray is a guy that gets a lot more love than, than I like. He misses way too many tackles. For, for Browns fans who thought that Joe Schobert missed tackles, good grief, you're not going to like Kenneth Murray. Uh, he, he, another guy, very good athlete. He actually reminds me a lot of Jared Davis and a guy who's, who gets himself into position to make tackles but doesn't finish them, um, overruns his gap continually. You see that all the time on Oklahoma State, so I'm not a fan there. Uh, I'm trying to think of who some other guys are. Uh, I'm not I'm not as big on guys like Austin Jackson, Ezra Cleveland, the developmental tackles. I, I don't think that they're as high-end as what a lot of people have made them out to be. It doesn't mean I think they're bad. I just, I'd rather go in other directions when you have options there. And, and the, the big one, DeAndre Swift at running back. I don't get it. I don't get it. If he didn't go to Georgia, I don't think he'd be drafted in the first four rounds. He's a speed back who's not fast. I, 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 I watched that with Amir Abdullah in Detroit. Now, he doesn't have the fumbles that the Abdullah did, but other than that, they're roughly the same guy. I, I can find guys a lot later in the draft who can get me four yards of carry, uh, and that, that's what I think Swift is going to be. Um, if you are a, a pure speed back the way he thinks he is, 
you better be fast, and he isn't fast. So I, I, I don't get that one at all. Yeah, um, and just looking at it, and obviously, you know, I don't think he's a better back than Sony Michelle, who went, went round one coming out. No, I don't think no, he's a better back than Nick Chubb, who coming out. No. So again, I'm with you on that. Yeah. So that, all right, that, now that, Jeff, that, uh, that's my yeah. not guys. <laughs> yes, definitely the not guys for Jeff Risden. Now, Jeff, obviously, with both teams you cover here, um, it's going to be a busy night because you're going to be ready to go at three. And I'm assuming you don't expect the Detroit Lions to make a selection at three. Yeah, I, 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 I'm prepared either way. They can either pick at three or at five. I think those are their two choices, and I think they're getting Jeff Okuda either way. So it's a little bit easier. Yeah, but I mean, if that's the case, then, you know, go ahead. I mean, if you can still get your guy, you know, the smart thing to do is get yourself a couple more picks here. So for all you Lions fans and Browns fans, just when you hear the Lions are on the clock or the Browns on the clock, um, before you pop the champagne, you may want to have the pot of coffee ready, especially for the Cleveland Browns, because uh, you popping that bottle of champagne and you dropping down to 18, 21, 23, uh, you're going to be shit faced, hammered uh, before you actually see the selection. So that is not something you want to do here. Jeff, biggest, craziest domino that could wreak a little havoc here on this top 10. And I'm not just talking about 70 year old people trying to figure out how to use Zoom. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I think there's a couple of them. What happens with the quarterbacks, specifically Tua and Justin Herbert? Miami at five, but with also 18 and 26 and in need of a quarterback, if they don't take a quarterback at five or at three, if they trade up, and that, that's been the hot rumor lately, that that sends everything into absolute chaos. And uh, you know where Tua winds up after that, who knows? Because uh, you know, could you, could he go to the Chargers then at six, or do they pass because they need an offensive tackle, or so they need a quarterback? That, yeah, that that's a crazy one. Uh, honestly, what the Browns do because if if they're looking at tackles and they wind up making the trade out, um, there's that changes the dynamic of what happens to the Jets at eleven and the Raiders at twelve and eighteen. Uh, and, and all the other teams that are in need of both wide receivers and offensive tackles. So uh, the Browns actually sit in a pretty pretty big crux spot in the middle of that first round there. And that's going to be interesting. And, um, you know, years ago it would have been, oh, good God, <laughs> what are they going to do and how are they going to just absolutely put a flat tire on this first round of this draft? Uh, before we start putting a bow on this here, Jeff, biggest surprise name to get drafted this evening? You know, that's that's a good question. I I'll go with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. And and I didn't think that even like three days ago when I started writing my final mock. But the more that I I've sniffed around and the more that I, I think about it, I, I can see him being the Chiefs pick at the end of the first round. So I he he would be one. Uh don't discount Jordan Brooks, the the, the linebacker from Texas Tech that I mentioned earlier. There are a lot of people who seem to think there are a couple of specific teams who are really, really high on him. It only takes one. Um, we've seen that before. And, uh, you know, Seattle tends to trade out and make crazy picks. Um, the, you know, the Steelers have made some interesting first-round picks over the years. Uh, something like that could absolutely happen tonight. And we'll close with this. And I can't let you go without asking you this question. Um, Jeff Risden, like myself, and a bunch of guys who do with this, Yes, round one is great. Friday night is fun. Saturday. Saturday is the <laughs> Saturday's the buffet. This is the ones that's going to you know, finish out your roster. You know, the diamonds in the rough here. 
Jeff, a couple of names of your favorite guys here on day three. Oh, yeah. You know, that's my favorite day of the year. Um, so I am very big on Appalachian State running back Darrington Evans. I like him a lot. I like Marcus Bailey, the linebacker from Purdue. God, if his knees were healthy, he'd be higher than that, but they're not. Uh, I love that guy. He, he, he is a great football player, and I'd love to see him in the brown and orange. So he, he would be one. Um, I'll, I'll give it up for a local guy for me, Levante Bellamy, running back from Western Michigan. Had a wretched combine. He, he ran with a, a very bad hamstring. Still ran 4.5. I have seen him run 4.34 before. Uh, he, he's small, but he is nifty. He can be a kickoff returner, a guy that I really like and, and, and I'm rooting for because uh, he's a good dude. There you go. Some of the day three gems from Jeff Risden. Jeff, get some rest. Give the hands a break here. You're going to be a busy guy this evening. <laughs> yeah, this is so uh, starting at, uh, I got up at about eight this morning. I actually got a good night's sleep last night. Uh, I've already posted 13 things today. By the end of Sunday, I probably will be around 150 things published between the, the two sites on the wires and probably another two or three at Real GM. So uh, I love the weekend, but it's a very busy weekend. My family just sort of kisses me goodbye and lets me do my thing. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people that are in that status too. It's a great time. hope everybody enjoys the draft. It's, it's actual sports conversation and football. Um, I watched the WNBA draft this week. That's how bereft of entertainment I am. I'm looking forward to this big time. Um, I think we all are. And this is kind of one thing I'm saying here, the, the theme I love to read. You love music. You love all this other stuff, you know, Netflix, whatever you get in the television series. You've still able to do all that. Um, us diehard sports folks, we haven't um along obviously with the you know the Jordan documentary and thank you ESPN for that something something else as well here um make sure you're checking out Jeff Risden make sure you're following at Jeff J E F F capital R Risden uh Browns wire like I said Lions wire like I said real GM um this is it guys this is the final you'll hear from me tonight you'll hear from me a bunch but this is what you're getting for now we're gonna get rest get some food in here cool the jets a little bit be ready to rock here uh, obviously, you know, a little after seven o'clock here. Um, no red carpet. Okay, that's fine. It's good. I don't have to see, you know, guys like Ezekiel Elliott walking around in the uh, crop top type, type of thing or whatever. Um, going to be a new experience. Going to be fun. Hope everybody enjoys it uh, for the show itself at Locked On Browns. DMs are open. Make sure you give them a follow over there. Follow back account uh, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open over there. Um, everybody, just enjoy yourself tonight. Have a good time here. It's a little bit of break from the monotony. Um, look, you can almost kind of pretend it doesn't exist because where would everybody have been tonight anyway? You would have been probably sitting home in front of the television here. Uh, to everybody, all the guests up until this point for the draft shows, uh, cannot thank you guys enough here. And like Jeff said, this is it. This is excitement. We're ready to go here. So this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.